I'm Leanna Shields, and you're listening to The Cozy Sleuth. Today, Snoops and Sleuths, I have with me Sharon Michaels here to talk about her books, writing, and all things cozy. Sharon, would you like to introduce yourself to my Snoops and Sleuths and talk a little bit about your books? I sure would. Um, I'm having a great day here in Arizona. I just wanted everyone to know that. It's bright. It's sunny. It's already 102 degrees, so we're looking for a hot summer. That's why I stay indoors and write. It's comfortable. You know, everyone says they hibernate in the winter. No, in Arizona, we hibernate in the summer. We turn on the air conditioning and we're happy. Um, I have, let me see, I think I have 40 cozy mysteries available on Amazon. I started self-publishing in 1996 before there was Amazon, my nonfiction books. So I have been doing this for a while. I have been writing fiction for about five years now, and I write sweet, clean, fun, cozy mysteries. And my characters are always strong, smart, and mature because I am a mature author. And when I started writing fiction, I was asked to write short stories, short reads, and novellas. And they're complete stories that you can probably finish in about two hours. And I always like to have a little bit of romance in my cozy mysteries and some happy endings. And my mature characters always seem to know the right thing to do at the right time. And my goal in writing as a fiction author is to write sweet, clean, fun, short reads about strong women who create success, contentment, and happiness in both life and love. And don't we all want that? Um, I'm a I'm a voracious reader. I read at least a couple hours every evening before I go to bed. That's that's my treat to myself after writing all day. And I like to write the type of books that I like to read. And and to me, those are books that have real emotions. They have plot twists and turns and satisfying endings. So my husband and I live in the desert Southwest United States, and we've been married for 38 years, and he's my partner in business, and writing is my full time, and all of my books are available on Amazon as Kindles and Kindle Unlimiteds and paperbacks, and and this is what I do, and I love what I do. Wow. You've been a writer longer than I have. I've only been writing for 10 years and yeah I started before there was like the create space and things like that and wow 40 cozy mysteries that's all or yes 40 cozy mysteries and I think I have 10 non-fictions I started out non-fiction because I was a professional speaker And I traveled the country with Clemson University talking about professional development for women. And I would sell my books in the back of the room. And at the time you had to go to a a printing company and print your own books. And we would have to buy them by the thousands. And um, luckily, I think when we moved to Arizona from Michigan, we probably only had a couple hundred left. Thank goodness. (laughs) Yeah. And, and my husband, 
who worked um, in computers, he was able to travel with me and he would sell my books in the back of the room and the women loved him. He was like my like my uh, my my best salesperson and we, and we would have little bags and he'd put the books in the bags and I'd sign them and the women would hang around I think just to talk to my husband. <laughs> and they were just they were just so happy that that my husband was there supporting my career. And I think <laughs> a lot of that comes into my writing now, you know. So, yes, that's how it all started. And it was by accident. And I just wanted to get my words on paper. And I've always loved to read. So I started writing fiction about five years ago. And I love it. <laughs> So you probably already touched on this, but is any of your writing inspired by your actual life? <laughs> probably all of it. You know, <laughs> my, my life has been pretty long so far, and I think it's all stored up in my subconscious mind somewhere. And when I write, I can see everything. I can smell what I'm writing. I can, I can hear the birds. I can do it all. You know, I, I hear it all. I, I want it to get down on paper like that. And when I travel, I travel with a notebook just to make notes on things I see and how it looks. And, and I just go back on all my own experiences. And my husband and I, um, in the, um, I'll talk about it, but the Oscar Doxy Detective series, which is one of my, my series, there's a, a couple in there, later in life couple who reunite at their 20th high school reunion and get married. Well, my husband and I did that. And, and so, yes, it's everything in there. Probably if you grew up with me, you'd say, she's talking about me. I know she's talking about me. <laughs> I thought that was a secret, but now it's in her fiction book. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but yes, I would say everything. But I think that's most, most authors, they write from what they know. They write from their experiences. And um, if, if I haven't been there, I've read about it. You know, it's it's just all up there in my subconscious mind and it comes out. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, like with a setting for my Mystic Ranch Mysteries, I set it between um, two real places, Pagosa Springs and Durango, which is mm -hmm. Southern Colorado. And I had gone to Picosa Springs one time, fell in love with going there, and just that whole mountainous area was just such a beautiful location that it, when I started writing the Mystic Ranch Mysteries, I was like, a ranch in this area would be so cool. <laughs> yes. Isn't that the beauty of writing fiction? You know, you, you can take these different scenarios and put them all together and all of a sudden you've created your own world. And most of the time we want to live in that world, don't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Now that I'm thinking about it, I write a lot about Maine <laughs> and being <laughs> on the water and hmm, where do I live in the middle of the desert? <laughs> What's wrong with this picture? <laughs> See, I've got to live vicariously through my books, my own books. <laughs> uh, same here. It's like I live in the heart of the city. And what am I writing about? A 300 acre ranch. There you go. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. There's our subconscious again, right? <laughs> yeah. Just going like, 
you know, you might not really want to be here. So let's yeah, go right. here. <laughs> yeah, I know. I keep writing about Maine and the ocean and the smell. And I'm thinking, oh, look at that lizard climbing up the wall. Or I think we have a scorpion in the house here. Maybe I better call my husband. I don't know. You're right. What's wrong with this picture? <laughs> oh, uh, man. So do you have any advice for those who want to write their own cozies? I say right from the heart. You know, um, when I first started, I, I kept comparing myself to other authors like J.D. Robb, Nora Roberts. You know, I'm no Nora Roberts. I'm no J.D. Robb. I'm no Hemingway. I'm my own style. I'm my own person. I write from my heart. I hope you can hear the passion I have for writing. And that's what I would say to a young writer, you know, hone your craft, read the books, but, but develop your own style and, you know, just have fun with it and let it flow, develop your own style, edit it, make it yours, be comfortable with it. Know you've, you've written the best story you can possibly write. And I've also learned in these five years that, and you know, we've heard this a million times, the more you write, the better you get at it. It's like anything, the more you do, the better you get at it. So just enjoy the process, go with the flow, keep writing, and you're going to end up loving what you do. And if, if cozy mystery is your genre, then go with it. Or maybe it's romance or whatever it is. Find your lane. And this is this was some advice I wish I had had when I started, because I started writing romance. Then I wrote women's contemporary fiction. And then I found my lane was really cozy mystery. And so find your lane, hone it, just get as comfortable with it as you can. Read other authors in your genre, see what they're doing, see what works for them, see what's, what works for you, and just really have a good time. I think the key to a good book is just enjoying what you're writing, because if you enjoy it, that energy is going to come across to your reader. I truly believe that. Absolutely. And that's great advice. I'd, I'd also throw in, don't be afraid to experiment before you right. find your lane. Right. Because I've and I interviewed had to. so many. Oops. No. Yeah. And I think, we, some, I think oh. most writers do. I think we experiment on whether it's a short story or an article or whatever it is until we find what really speaks to us and speaks to our heart. Absolutely. I've met so many authors who did not just start with cozy mysteries right off the bat. They've been like you, romance, contemporary women's fiction. There were some that were even in science fiction before they <laughs> started with cozies. Actually with me, I started in science fiction and found my way into cozies and paranormal. Let's see, paranormal mythic cozies is what I call them. <laughs> oh my goodness. So why did you just, why did you decide that it was um, paranormal? What, what sort of uh, caught your attention? Well, for me, I didn't really peg it down as paranormal, but mm -hmm. I'm a huge mythology nerd. So mm -hmm. I love researching different mythology. And one day I came across a thing on Pinterest that said the 
original person who wrote this said, I'm tired of magic being relegated to the days of knights and ladies. I want to go into a coffee shop where you can order a latte with a magical shot of confidence because you got that big meeting coming up or a magical shot of charisma because you got that blind date coming up. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, that would be a fun setting. Mm-hmm. So I took my mythology research and created characters like Lexiana, who runs the coffee shop, uh, Sabia, my main character, who's a Native American elf, and just ran with it. My other readers decided to call it paranormal or mythic, but <laughs> for me, it was just fun. <laughs> and you've niched it down, haven't you? Yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's great. I mean, that, that would be another, another thing I would say to writers, you know, really find in your genre where you can niche it down that, you know, you're one of a few because cozy mystery is a huge genre. Oh, it is and, so big. Yes, and just just keep niching it down until you find your ideal reader. And my ideal reader, since I'm mature, uh, is, is a mature woman who doesn't have a lot of time to read because I write short reads and novellas. And she wants a mature character who's still full of life. So you have the absolutely right ideas. Just keep niching it down and you're going to find the right readers and they're going to be coming to you. Yeah, actually, I'm really looking forward to a new project I'm starting where um, I'm a huge fan of classic movies, specifically Mm -hmm. the Thin Man series. Uh. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of write a cozy mystery with a married couple of wizards kind of along the line of Nick and Nora you know they've got the banter and things like that but it's set in kind of a magic modern world (laughs) Mm -hmm. and a lot of mine have um, married couples or couples who have found each other later in life and I'm finding that my readers love that so I think you're right you're right on the money when it comes to that oh it's it's so much fun when we find those, just that right pocket for us, isn't it? Yes, yes. And it, it that's what gets us up in the morning. I mean, I get up at four o'clock in the morning, I know, uh, four <laughs> o'clock in the morning when it's nice and quiet and cool, right? <laughs> that right. 102 in my office. <laughs> um, I get up and I look forward to what, what are they going to do next in my writing? It's, I'm a pantser. Um, I I sort of know what I want to write, but I don't exactly know what I write until I sit down and put my fingers on the keyboard. And it's always like, I know these people. They're my friends. They're in my head. They wake me up at two o'clock in the morning with ideas. Um, You know, you're right. It's, It's so much fun when we find the right characters in the right lane at the right time and our readers can connect with them. To me, that's the greatest reward when a reader said, I, could, I really like the story because I understood the character or I got the character or it was so much fun because they did this. To me, that's the greatest reward. Uh, I absolutely agree. And I'm a fellow pantser. I, my <laughs> characters, one of my favorite things I ever found was something that said, I create the characters, and from then on, I take dictation. 
that's about it (laughs) (laughs) so it's kind of like oh hi yeah I know I came from your mind but here's what's going to (laughs) happen that's right (laughs) I'm going to I'm going to take control of this you just put your fingers on the keyboard I'll take you there no problem (laughs) (laughs) and speaking of our crazy characters do you have a favorite or would you get in trouble with your other characters oh man that's a you know what that's a very difficult question because I've got five series um, of posing <laughs> mysteries, but my my absolute fa- well I've got two favorites so one is Oscar from Oscar the Doxy Detective and that's based on our beloved Minnie Doxon who went over the Rainbow Bridge about ten years ago mm. he was a rescue f- from a puppy mill. And he was about six years old when we rescued him. And he was just our baby, you know, and, and he, he didn't know how to play. He didn't know how to sleep in a bed. He was malnourished. They found him wandering in the desert north of Phoenix in August. Oh. Um, and he, he was just feisty. He had a lot of energy. Well, he ran the house. What can I say? (laughs) You know, he took over running the house and we were just here for him. Um, We made him his own meal. He ate better than we did. That's all I can say. We're eating McDonald's. (laughs) He's eating organic chicken. Um, So we I wanted to write his spirit. I wanted to write his energy. I wanted to write his his characteristics and his traits. So I made Oscar the Doxy Detective about talking dogs um, that solve mysteries in a senior community in Arizona. Hmm, do I write from my own experience or what? Um, (laughs) And they have the Canine Detective Club and they solve two murders and a mystery and it's, and then they they raid a, a puppy mill and let the dogs out. It, it's just to me, I wrote it in honor of his memory, and oh, I'm getting a little emotional when I talk about this. In honor of his memory, just so people know just what a great little dog he was, and I thought that's the best way I could do it. So, Oscar probably is my number one favorite character. The next one would be Aunt Tapitha who's in the um, second series that also includes Oscar. And it's called a fun, cozy, doggone, good, whodunit mystery series. I know. (laughs) Yeah. You know, find the right keywords, right? Um, (laughs) I want to be Aunt Tapitha when I grow up because she's 92 years old. She's feisty. She writes steamy romance novels, by the way. Um, (laughs) She grew up on a farm in Nebraska raising cows and growing corn. She went treasure hunting with pirates. She moved to Maine to marry a lobsterman. Maine, there we go again. Um, <laughs> and and she's, she just has so much energy. She speaks her mind and she looks like Mrs. Santa Claus. And I figure I want to be like Aunt Tapitha when I grow up. She just she's just to me a, a fun character, and she just came out of nowhere. Like you said, they they talk to you. I wasn't even thinking of a character like this, and she came out of absolutely nowhere. And it's like she took over the series. And I would say those two would be my favorite characters. And um, yeah, and then we have another one who live in Maine. Um, uh, their name is Pam and Paul Bigelow. 
and they um, solve mysteries. They're both amateur sleuths and they live in Maine in a little town in Maine. And I've just started a, a new series about Paul Madison. I know this is gonna get complicated, but Paul Madison series is the prequel to the Oscar series because Oscar was a human in another lifetime because we swore Oscar was human. Um, he was a human in another lifetime who was a private detective named Paul Madison. So I've written a, a prequel to the Oscar series about the human Paul Madison who becomes Oscar the Doxy Detective. I know. My mind works <laughs> that way. It's convoluted. What can I say? <laughs> but you oh. know what? This is what keeps me up at night. My husband says, you know... I, just get up and start writing because I start turning and tossing and talking to myself. And these, these characters take on a life of their own, either that or I'm schizophrenic. I don't know. One or the other. <laughs> I haven't made up my mind, oh. but those are my favorite characters. And they sound like great characters. Oh, the Doxy detective. I'm going to have to look that up because that sounds absolutely adorable. Well, the first one's called the prickly pear murder. And we have a lot of prickly pear <laughs> around here. And right now in May, they start blossoming. And they I don't think people realize how much the cacti have these gorgeous little fragile flowers on them. And they only last a day. And they're absolutely beautiful in the spring. So I kind of wanted to bring that in, the prickly pear murder. So yes, I, I do write from experience now that I think about it. You know, I just learned how beautiful a cactus flower can be because my mom grows aloe vera and mm. just this year, it it grew its first blossom on it. And it was so beautiful, but so fragile and so yes. short. Yes. And they're like tissue paper. The, the flowers almost look like tissue paper. They're so yeah. thin. And we had one down the street from us. The flower was nine inches across. Wow. And it was white and it was gorgeous. And when I went back to take a picture of it, it was already starting to shrivel up. They don't last long at all. No, they don't. Mm -mm. Oh, that would have been so pretty. <laughs> I know. I have to start carrying my camera with me when I go for my walk, I guess. I don't know. So do you have any authors that have most influenced your writing? You know, I don't think so. I, I, have, I have read so many different authors. I think they all have in some way. And, and as I said before, I needed to find my own style, something that worked for me. So I don't think there's one author. I have a favorite author and that would be Nora Roberts. She's always been my favorite author and the J.D. Robb series. Um, but I don't think there's one author that influenced my writing as much as probably every single author I've ever read. They're up there somewhere and little bits of pieces come out. And when I'm writing and uh, probably a little bit of them is in every book I have. But no, I love reading and I just, I am so thankful that we have so many great authors and beginning authors and that we can read and we can learn so much from each other. And in here, this is what I truly believe, especially women in business. The pie gets bigger, it doesn't get smaller. 
And I'm a huge believer in women authors supporting women authors. And anything we can do to support one another, I'm here for it because the pie gets bigger. It, there's, there's no place for us to be uh, petty with one another or jealous of one another. We can learn from each other. We can grow with each other. We can support each other. I'm a huge believer in that. So everybody, everybody influences my writing because I just think we can learn so much from each other. And I 100% agree with you that it, the world of an author is, is small enough as is because it mm -hmm. is just us in front of our laptops a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. But when we can support each other, especially us women authors, we should do that. We should reach out to one another and give each other a hand, help us help each other do research or whatever we need to support one another. <laughs> no, I absolutely agree with you. And, and I, I have a, a rule that if we cannot give another author a four or five star review, don't give a review at all. If you have something that is that you feel will enhance their writing, private message them, email them, don't don't put it on Goodreads. You know, I, I once got a one star from a fellow author who said, this book is just plain, what did she say? Plain stupid, plain stupid. This book is just plain stupid. And I thought, oh my gosh, how could you do that to another author? You know, and I want to tell you what book it is, but it's, I think average is 4.5. And she gave me a one and she said, this book is just plain stupid. And I thought, oh my gosh, you don't get it. You, you just don't get it. We just don't do that to each other. And maybe I'm wrong on that. I don't know. But I just believe if, if you have something that's valid that you want to say to me, email me. I will I, call me. I don't care. I'll take it. I, I'm, I'm open to it. But, but just don't be nasty about it. I don't believe in the nastiness. Yeah, I remember the first one star review I got was on my first ever sci-fi and I believe the words were crime against literature. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That, I don't know. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and what's crazy is I had had three reviews on that book. Two were like four and five star reviews. And then there was that one star review. Uh -huh. Amazon took the that four and five star review off and left that one star review on. Oh, that's terrible. Or, <laughs> or although they will put it number right up on top and the other reviews go under it. That's terrible. That, I, yeah. Oh, don't get me started. Yeah. That's another whole radio program, okay? We could do another yeah. whole podcast just on that. Don't get me started. So if you and your characters were to sit down for coffee or whatever form of caffeine intake they prefer, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of drink would the they morning? get? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, Oscar would want a bowl of water. And then after he had a bowl of water, he'd sit there and look at me like, aren't you going to feed me something? <laughs> Anyone who has a dachshund knows exactly what I mean. 
they're nonstop eating machines. So those little bodies can eat a lot. So um, Aunt Tapatha, she's she's not much of a drinker. She's more of a um, iced tea person, and she'd be sitting there talking so much she wouldn't have a chance to drink. My my caffeine of choice is Pepsi Real Sugar. I I don't drink coffee. I will drink iced tea occasionally, but it's Pepsi Real Sugar. I have to have my Pepsi Real Sugar or I can't write. My fingers won't work if I don't have my Pepsi Real Sugar. I just want you to know that they're attached <laughs> to the Pepsi Real Sugar. And the other day, I just want you to know this too. I don't, you're just bringing out all this in me. I don't, I, I wasn't planning on telling you my life history. Um, <laughs> Pepsi sent me six, six coupons for six free 12 packs of Pepsi. Oh my I gosh. Know. I know. <laughs> I'm telling you. I, I thought, is this what heaven's like? You know, <laughs> just and I warn same. you, after this podcast airs, you might be getting another six, six coupons. Six coupons. <laughs> I'm telling you, I can't, I cannot write without my my Pepsi. And it's real sugar. It's real sugar. <laughs> So, so you will not be surprised if I tell you I had my annual physical and the doctor comes in and says, hmm, Sharon, you know, your sugar's a little high. <laughs> I said, geez, I wonder why. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta have it. <laughs> oh, every author's gotta have that one. Something. Something. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose oh. it could be worse. <laughs> it could be something else. I won't even mention what, but it, but you know, I'll stick with my Pepsi real sugar. And my husband knows. One time I went, I, I really tried to get off Pepsi and um, and he went to the store and bought me some. So that should tell you what it's like when I tried to not get off of caffeine and sugar and all that. He went to the store and bought me a 12 pack of Pepsi. Enabler. <laughs> I think that saved our marriage. I'm not sure. I thought I was doing fine, but I guess he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know what? This is the, the most fun I've had on an interview ever. I just want you to know that, Leanna. <laughs> I just want you to know that. I'm having a great time. I'm so glad to hear that. And I've only been drinking Pepsi Real Sugar. Just so, you know. <laughs> so when you're not writing or doing ads for Pepsi. <laughs> Real sugar. I'm going to keep sugar. adding that. Yes. <laughs> Pepsi, real sugar. Thank you. <laughs> what other hobbies do you have? I don't have time for a lot of hobbies. I've been busy drinking Pepsi, real sugar. Um, reading. Reading is my hobby. And I love, I love well, I love going out for walks when it's not 102 degrees. Um, <laughs> we walk early in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, I'm out there walking. Um, I'm reading. Reading is my hobby. I love reading and I love reading nonfiction and fiction, mainly um, probably clean, sweet romance and definitely cozy mystery. So <laughs> I would say it's, it's reading. And I started reading with Nancy Drew when I was nine years old. That that started my my reading and I've been reading ever since. <laughs> oh, 
it's funny. So many people can remember that book that just got them into reading. I think for me, it was the Boxcar Kids. I read in sixth, mm-hmm. fifth or sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And I just fell in love with the adventure in that in those books that it's like, I want, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be Nancy Drew. I mean, she she just had it all together. And um, I remember when I graduated from high school, oh, this is really going to age me, okay? Nancy Drew had a blue roadster. And um, I wanted a blue, a blue car when I graduated from high school because I wanted to be like Nancy Drew. And my dad bought me a blue falcon. I know, of course, you don't know what a blue falcon is and you don't have to. But anyone out there over the age of, 65 (laughs) probably knows what a blue falcon is and that was as close as I was going to get to a blue roadster which definitely if you look it up it does not look like anything like a roadster it is a box (laughs) (laughs) it was a safety it was safe and it was a box so but it was blue so I got I got something but you know god bless dad he he tried (laughs) I know So how can my snoops and sleuths follow you? Well, they can go to my website, SharonMichaelsAuthor.com. And I also have a Facebook readers group called Chatting with Sharon, which is good because that's my name. Um, Chatting with Sharon on Facebook. And I also have Sharon Michaels Author on Facebook. And of course, I'm on Amazon. And I'll be sure to include those links in the show's notes. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, Sharon, I've had so much fun chatting with you. I can't believe we're already on the last question. I can't either. Where did this time go? And I said to my husband, I'm nervous. Oh. Me. <laughs> I, I completely understand because I have been on your side of the mic before. And that can be so nerve wracking. Well, I don't, I, I don't like, I mean, I don't mind asking the questions. It's just answering the questions make me nervous. I don't know why. And I've had, as I said, I have had the best time and I felt very comfortable. So thank you very much. Uh, I am so glad. So what is one complaint your characters would have about you as an author? <laughs> just one? <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> Like, hurry up, you're not writing fast enough. Um, I, I would say their complaint would be pretty much that. They, they want me to, to write more about them. They're, you know, they, they want the world to know more about them. They want to be out there. I would say, they say, Sharon, hurry up and, and write the next book. I, that's what they <laughs> complain about. You're just not writing fast enough. You, you need sleep, really? Just keep writing. Get me out there. I have another story to tell. I'll look at the next adventure we can go on. So I'd say they, they want me to write more about them. That would be their complaint. Oh, that's, that's a great and sometimes scary complaint from our characters. It is, like, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, wait, you have more? How can I, you have more? <laughs> you, you want me to dig up more? More? And then the writer's block starts. 
Like, what am I going to write? I think I've written everything I possibly can. And then what, one o'clock in the morning when you're supposed to be sound asleep, all of a sudden this idea comes like, ooh, that would be good. (laughs) And then you can't go back to sleep. Or there's the dreaded, wait, where did this character come from? And why are they claiming they're the killer? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I haven't set this book up for you to be the killer. How did you do this? (laughs) And then the killer says, but, but wait a minute, I didn't really do it. And you could start a whole new series about me. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, or there's little side character over here. That's like, um, actually, I really like this town you set up. I kind of want to move here. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And bring my friends and family with me. (laughs) And, and you can write about us in five more books. <laughs> or, oh, here's another idea. Uh, we could have our own series over here. Yes. <laughs> That's what happened with Paul Madison and Oscar. I'm, I'm writing Oscar and all of a sudden Paul Madison starts growing and growing. And he was just sort of a, a, an aside. Like, oh, look, I was a human in another life. And then all of a sudden it's like, you've really got to write about this guy. <laughs> you know he, he he needs to be written about because he's a character <laughs> yeah i know uh, and and writers will understand that these characters just take on a life of their own they become real oh yes <laughs> yes they do it <laughs> like um with with me right now i've got okay i've got sabia and I happen to make her a twin, so now I've got her twin oh. sister who's <laughs> off trying to start a ballet school. And it's like, well, wait a minute. I don't show her sister very often. Is she over here demanding her own series? And it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, it sounds like she is. <laughs> well, you know, twins. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> she wants some attention, too. <laughs> And really, I've kind of pushed her off to the side because when I first created her, she was highly dramatic. Like when Mm. she tells her sister why she's back in town, she's like, oh, that life in Denver is over. It's like, oh, melodramatic little princess here. (laughs) Who wants her own series. Who now wants her own series. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Oh, well, I've had so much fun chatting with you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, you're quite welcome. (laughs) I I really, I had a great time too. And thank you for making it so easy to come out of my shell. I'm so glad to hear that. That's one of my biggest compliments is when someone who's nervous about being on the show just says they had a lot of fun and I made it easy for them. That's so great. And I feel like I've made a new friend. So thank you very much. You absolutely have. And anytime you want to be back or just want to chat about something, let me know. (laughs) I will. I will. Thank you very much. Thank you. And we'll talk soon. Yes, we will. All right. Thank you. Well, Snoops and Sleuths, you've heard another great interview here on The Cozy Sleuth. I'd like to thank my patrons for their contributions in keeping the show commercial-free and growing. 
I'd also like to thank my coffee clutch for their help as well. If you'd like to have your name mentioned on the air, join me on my Patreon page at patreon.com slash the cozy sleuth. If you'd like to become a member of my coffee clutch, join me on coffee.com slash the cozy sleuth. That's ko-fi.com slash the cozy sleuth. Also, if you'd like to hear some cozies read by live actors, check out the Cozy Mystery Rats Maze wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, this is Leanna Shields saying, keep cozy.